global crisis. Bible prophecy. Health and preparedness. You're just in time. 11th Hour Dispatch. Father in heaven, we pray for your presence with us as we consider world events from the biblical perspective. We know that you have given us peace that transcends all understanding. And we ask for that knowledge of Jesus Christ, that assurance of our salvation and of the hope of his soon coming. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to 11th Hour Dispatch. Here we've got another 30-minute news broadcast for you because, my friends, there is a lot going on in our world today. I can hardly even keep up with the news headlines these days. And in fact, I try not to keep up with them too much. In other words, immersing yourself in the 24-7 news and information and political onslaught of everything that's happening, it can become overwhelming and in fact can be bad for your spiritual, emotional, and physical health. So just a brief 30-minute experience seeing what biblically is transpiring today from the prophecies that we see in Revelation and Daniel and Matthew 24 and 2 Timothy chapter 3, all of the things that the Bible said would transpire shortly before the coming of Christ, we are seeing happening before our very eyes today. We reported on the natural disasters yesterday with the wildfires and with the floods that are taking place in Louisiana. How about this news headline from the UK Mirror? Coffins float down street as Louisiana floods uproot caskets from graveyard. That's not something I think I've ever seen before. Denham Spring resident says, quote, we've never seen anything like this. It's worse than Hurricane Katrina. AFP reports, weary firefighters Thursday battled a raging inferno that was threatening the homes of more than 82,000 people in Southern California and sent flaming fire nados tearing across the brush, tornadoes of fire. Nearly 1,600 firefighters were fighting the giant blaze, but had only contained 4% of it, according to a fire service official. Dramatic local TV news footage captured from the front line of the wildfires in the town of Phelan show sh showered tornado-like flaming vortexes, known as firenados, sent spinning into the air by the ferocity of the blaze. We have very, very dry brush, thick fuel, it helps move the fire along very quickly, Lynn Talmachoff, spokeswoman for the State Fire Fighting Agency, told AFP. It is very dangerous to the public and also to the firefighters. Governor Jerry Brown declared a state of emergency for San Bernardino County, just 60 miles east of Los Angeles, where the so-called Blue Cut fire was quickly growing, its cause still unclear. Whatever its cause is, we know that it is an indicator of biblical prophecy being fulfilled. Not just this individual wildfire, but the trend that we've seen in increasing wildfires, increasing floods, earthquakes, and so on upon the earth. These were prophesied in the Bible. This is not a surprise to be seeing it taking place. 
30,000 people being rescued in Louisiana, 82,000 people's homes and lives being threatened in Southern California. These are apocalyptic scenes transpiring before our very eyes. And when we look at economic news, what a lot of economic analysts and a growing number of scholars and economists identify as the inevitable global sovereign debt crisis, collapse scenario, major crisis, part two of 2008-2009, is being that, that whole event, that this whole economic crisis event that many are anticipating has been staved off and held back by global monetary policy, by fiscal policies, by stimulants injected into the economy. Or one might add, the four angels at the four corners of the earth holding back the four winds of strife prevent real serious natural disasters, World War III conflagrations, economic collapse, because there is an angel. This is symbolic, of course. There's not literal wind at the four corners of the earth and angels holding wind. The winds of strife represent the massively apocalyptic events that precede the coming of Christ that will really shake the world to its core. And the Bible says men's hearts will fail them for fear of what is coming upon the earth and the rich and the mighty men and the slave and every king and every free man is running into the rocks and the mountains calling for them to fall on them because people have so much fear. Now, we don't have to have fear. When we cover biblical events, events of a biblical proportion, apocalyptic types of prophetic events of our time, even whilst these events are scary and negative objectively, we don't have to experience that in our hearts, in our minds, in our brains. We can have peace above that storm. We can have what Jesus said when you see these things taking place, lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. So what is the economic news saying? CNBC reports the policies of global central banks received another bashing Thursday with a London-based investment strategist launching a stinging analysis of the U.S. Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve being our central bank that sets monetary policy for the country seeking to stabilize the economy. And then the, the analyst Marino Valencies head of multi-asset and income at Barring Asset Management, told CNBC Thursday, quote, They, the Fed, know that monetary policy is not effective anymore. And this is a broader conversation. I think that the odds for anything happening from the Fed before the end of the year, in other words, the Federal Reserve raising interest rates, he says the odds of this is extremely low. Even if inflation reaches the 2% target, which is possible if not probable, they will not even act at that stage, he says. They will allow 2.1% inflation, 2.3% type of inflation rates to be in the market and only then address the problem. So he's saying... Don't look for increases in interest rates because central banks artificially hold interest rates low perpetually now for not just months, but years. And even in some cases, a decade or more, like in the United States, near zero interest rates for a decade. In Japan, that's been going on for even longer. He says they're not going to raise them this year. Valencies of the barring asset management in based in London, he says global investors were are monitoring monitoring the moves of the Fed, which was in turn monitor the Fed was monitoring what global markets were doing. Thus, both were held in a deadlock until the end of the year. 
And this is where we've been. We've been sort of in this holding pattern, which many analysts have, have identified as the calm before the storm. And they're doing everything they can to prevent this economic event from breaking through before the election. Because the establishment that is the ruling power does not want a Trump presidency. Whatever you think of Trump politically, personally, aside, the ruling powers view him as a threat to them. And if there were an economic event, a major crash scenario, a major economic crisis this year, well, that would favor very much the outsider candidate, Donald Trump. So for many reasons, they're seeking to hold this thing back. You know, economic cycle theory and the best interpretations of forecasting economic events has for the past year plus a little bit been saying, red alert, look out, the global economy is in major danger. And that panned out to be accurate as most economies around the world, emerging markets, especially stock markets, have really struggled around the world. The United States economic downturn has begun much more slowly, much more cautious move into this. But we, we, what we see around the world is pretty significant, pretty major. We'll keep our eye on it as it relates to Bible prophecy, because you can you can anticipate that prior to laws coming in saying no buying or selling unless you acknowledge the authority of the beast. And that's what the Bible prophesies. It says there will be laws that come in saying you may not buy or sell unless you take the beast's mark and receive that as your worship of the beast. There will be precedent setting phases. There will be catalysts that lead to these sorts of policy discussions taking place. And, of course, that would not transpire in an atmosphere of just economic prosperity and everybody is fine. No, these are crisis-level things where people are concerned about how they're going to feed their family. Those are the apocalyptic types of visions that are coming through Bible prophecy into the not-too-distant future. Who knows when? We don't set dates, but we'll keep our eye on it. Another thing from Bible prophecy, wars and rumors of wars. We talk about this on the broadcast a lot and have more lately talking, been talking about this because of headlines like this one. Reuters. North Korea threatens to destroy U.S. military bases in Asia-Pacific region. Now, that's not that uncommon to hear that sort of crazy militaristic rhetoric coming out of the communist dictatorship of North Korea. But what is even more significant, and, and not that North Korea is not significant, we could see World War III begin with a North Korean attack. I mean, that that is a very plausible scenario that geopolitical analysts look at but the, what I think is even bigger news is what's taking place with Russia. Business Insider reports something big may be about to go down in Ukraine. For the Ukrainian soldiers that are stationed on the eastern border with Russia, things have already escalated to a conventional conflict. For example... On the Azov Sea coast, east of the port city of Mariupol, Ukrainian forces have reported being the target already of over 200 rounds of mortars and artillery fire in the middle of the night from separate separatist forces. And the conflict in Ukraine looks like it could be on the verge of boiling over as Russia and Russian-backed forces are encircling Ukraine from north, east, and South Ukraine, of course, in Eastern Europe, a former Eastern Bloc Soviet ruled country today. 
Russia seeking to regain its autonomy, its its sovereignty, its imperial ambitions over Eastern Europe and the West saying we're going to increase our rhetoric even with World War Three type of possibilities on the horizon. So when we see the potential for major economic events, when we see civil unrest and strife like we've seen in Milwaukee and the whole movement of, of violence and uprisings, not just in this country, but globally taking place, when you see increasing unrest and the, the veneer of civilization starting to peel away, oftentimes the trump card, the way that the world will go will be the direction of war. Washington Free Beacon reports the Pentagon has identified eight staging areas in Russia where large numbers of military forces appear to be preparing for incursions into Ukraine. As many as 40,000 Russian troops, including tanks, armored vehicles, and air force units are now arrayed along Ukraine's eastern border with Russia. Additionally, large numbers of Russian military forces are conducting exercises. Pentagon officials say that this could be used as a cover for an attack on Ukraine. Washington Post also pointed out that 81%, 81% of Russians have a negative view of Americans, according to opinion polls. And so we'll get back into this issue of Eastern Europe and the reigniting of the Cold War after the break. But remember the biblical verse, perfect love drives out all fear. We'll be right back. You're listening to 11th Hour Dispatch with author, teacher, and speaker Scott Ritzmer. For more programs and information, visit 11thHourDispatch.com. The three biggest events in the history of redemption. One, the Exodus experience. Two, the first coming of Christ. And three, the soon second coming of Christ. Well, what do all three of these have in common? Pharaoh, throw all the baby boys in the Nile. Herod, kill the babies in and around Bethlehem. Well, what about today as we anticipate the second coming? The attack is on once again, not only through the annihilation of 50 million aborted babies, but the media and the schools are targeting our kids. Any parents with children in the home need to know this. Write down the DVD title and share it with them right away. It's called How to Raise the Remnant. Now more than ever, parents are in desperate need of solid biblical counsel to guide us back to God's plan for raising godly children in these last days. Visit 11thHourDispatch.com and use promo code RADIO for a reduced suggested donation rate. Wonderful, merciful Savior Precious Redeemer and friend Who would have thought that a lamb Could rescue the souls of men Oh, you rescue the souls of men And we are back. This is 11th Hour Dispatch. I'm Scott Ritzema, your host. And boy, am I grateful. I am, I don't know what we would do without the everlasting gospel of the cross of Jesus Christ and his present work, mediatorial work as our high priest in heaven. If we did not have Jesus, if we did not have the hope that he gives, the peace, this forgiveness, salvation, 
wholeness, redemption, and complete restoration that he is working in each one of us each day that we behold him and walk with him, the insanity of our world would overwhelm. I don't know what you can possibly do with news headlines like this that we've been covering with the very serious Eastern European slash Russian warfare scenario that could easily boil over into a U.S. versus Russia war in in the near future. And this is not something decades down the road that we're talking about. We're talking about in the next few years. Reuters reports U.S. agents' findings come as Mexican immigrant data. So these this is immigration in Mexico, shows that there's 6,342 Asian, African, and Middle Eastern migrants that were apprehended trying to enter Mexico from Central America in the first six months of this year. And that is about two and a half times more than this time last year. Huh. Okay, what's going on there? Well, U.S. border apprehensions point to the same trend. Between October 2015 and May 2016, U.S. agents apprehended 5,350 African and Asian immigrants in the U.S. at the U.S. southwest border. That's up from 6,000 in all of the fiscal year of 2015 and 4,000 from all of the fiscal year of 2014. So in just a portion of a year, we've seen an uptick in the number of what they call OTMs, other than Mexicans, who are sneaking across the border and being apprehended. So did you notice, uh, you know, North African, Middle Eastern, um, this was the headline from the other day, ISIS at the border. Literally, this is not some sort of, you know, cooked up political agenda, fear mongering thing. These are from the actual border apprehension agency statistics. And when you look at that in light of the civil unrest in this country, the increase in terrorism in Western Europe and in the United States. Ukraine, of course, being ground zero. This was a statement by Stephen Lendman. Ongoing conflict risks the unthinkable direct U.S. confrontation with Russia, which, of course, risks nuclear war. Former Soviet leader Mikhail Gorbachev warned Ukraine's conflict could, quote, unavoidably lead to a nuclear war. Nuclear arms expert Stephen Starr warned that things headed things are headed recklessly toward this possibility. Nuclear expert Helen Caldicott believes U.S. and Russian confrontation risks nuclear war. Things today are much more dangerous than at any previous time in the post-World War II period. Former U.S. Attorney General Ramsey Clark said, quote, nothing is more dangerous than the aggressive U.S.-NATO troop movements right on the borders of Russia. There have, even during the Cold War, 1945 to 1991, the rhetoric and the, the danger for nuclear war has never been higher, is what these analysts are saying, than right now. 81% of, of Russians having a negative view of America, that's higher than it was during the Cold War, believe it or not, even during the era of Soviet propaganda and the, and the, the decades-long Cold War. So we're seeing unprecedented things happening in our world today. And in the midst of all this, there have been a couple of noteworthy incidents here in the United States. And before I get into this next story that relates to all of this, the geopolitical intensification 
the civil unrest in this country, the terrorism increasing, and all of this. There was recently a leak from the Democratic National Committee. That's the, the official Democratic Party. And a bunch of emails from DNC, Democratic National Committee members, were transmitted to WikiLeaks. Now, this is older news. This is a few weeks old. But basically, these these leaks, and then I'll tell you what's what's the latest news on this. These a number of the emails in these leaks implicated the Democratic Party operatives, certain certain high high ranking officials in the party, as it, it, it certainly appeared in the emails that they were abandoning their position of neutrality in the Hillary versus Bernie Sanders primary. The party is supposed to be neutral on that and allow the voters and, and the candidates to make their case. And then you know, the party officials nominate the the chosen candidate. But according to these insider emails that were leaked out, there was a very strong pro Hillary bias to the point where they were strategizing how they can make Bernie Sanders look bad and all of these things. And this was a major scandal. There, there was a lawsuit even that was being filed to implicate the DNC in basically rigging the primary elections in favor of Hillary and against Bernie Sanders. Now, that's not the new news. In the midst of all this, there were a number of mysterious deaths that have taken place. This report from Paul Joseph Watson. Friends of Sean Lucas, the attorney who was found unconscious on his bathroom floor after serving the DNC with a lawsuit, are reportedly, quote, freaked out by the strange circumstances surrounding his death. So this was somebody who was serving papers to the DNC with a lawsuit about how they were not neutral and they were they were uh, rigging this primary system. And this man was found dead in his bathroom. This is Sean Lucas. Reportedly, his friends, people who are associated with and familiar with the case, are, are in their words, quote, freaked out. Lucas appeared in a video in which he served papers relating to a lawsuit against the DNC, alleging that then-DNC chairwoman woman Debbie Washerman Schultz, who, by the way, stepped down after these emails came out, that she, quote, rigged the primary for Hillary Clinton. The lawsuit filed in June 28 alleged that, quote, Washerman Schultz and the DNC were fraudulent, negligent, and misrepresented their true motivations in the Democratic presidential primary, according to UPI. Lucas was found unconscious in his bathroom by his girlfriend, Savannah King, on August 2, and authorities have not indicated, they have refused, if you will, as the article says, to, to say how he died. According to a source whose husband was friends with Lucas for 15 years, those who knew the attorney are perplexed at his sudden death. My husband has known Sean for 15 years. He passed away, but nobody was saying how. I looked it up, and all this stuff started coming up, completely freaked us out, she told Derek Wood. The source emphasized that Lucas was, quote, never into drugs and led a very disciplined life, adding to the mystery of why he was suddenly found dead on his bathroom floor despite being in good health. He was generally loved by everyone and known as an all-round nice guy, she added. Lucas's death is being linked with a series of other individuals who died in what some claim are suspicious circumstances. Prime among these is Seth Rich. Now, of course, both Seth Rich and Lucas's deaths could be a, 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 a coincidence as it relates to the fact that they were both involved with the DNC right around the time of these email leaks. And, of course irrespective of how these men died as Christians, our first response and thought and impulse is this is sad. This is tragic. This was never part of God's design for any human being. 
Every time you hear of a death, read in an obituary, hear about a natural disaster, read about the statistics of millions of people dying for lack of clean water and from diseases overseas and AIDS and all of this, our immediate thought is, it was not supposed to be this way. I just, it, that's what hit me even as I was reading through this, covering this from a completely different angle, that death is a tragedy. And you know what? It's especially a tragedy if somebody dies not having received the gospel, not having been born again. Because if you're born again, then you're going to be raised again to life. So just heed that gospel message. I mean, I can't help but talk about that, even in the midst of covering this story. But there's another important level of understanding this story from a Christian perspective. Many of us are raised with a very textbook view of how the world works. We learned in our civics classes and in our history classes that there are no nefarious agendas, assassinations, cover-ups, everything is fine. And then when you receive the mainstream media narrative of world events, we kind of go back to sleep and we assume that, ah, you know what, apocalyptic type of events of crazy things happening and tyrannical types of laws being proposed, like you can't buy or sell if the, unless you receive the mark of the beast and all of that, ah, that's in the distant future. It could never happen now because everybody in the current establishment is good and honest. Now, we would never want to point fingers and say, you know, uh, we've got this all figured out. But these mysterious deaths do raise the question of what really is going on in the corridors of power. I mean, we're getting leaks out of top presidential candidates being briefed by global elites who are saying that they're talking about staging assassination attempts, fake assassination attempts. Uh, we are living in interesting times. I don't have time to go into all that, but incredible things are coming out in the era of leaks. It's History is becoming more interesting. I used to teach history, and a lot of it, you know, the victors write the history, right? And you get the official explanation of things and everything that happens behind closed doors and the nefarious efforts of powerful people sometimes never come to the fore. And we'll learn about that in the millennium when we have a thousand years to understand why some people are in heaven and some people are not. And the books will be opened and it says that we will be seated and the judgment will be seated at that time. And that's after we are raised up and go to heaven. Study this out in Revelation, by the way. Go to BibleProphecyTruth.com. We're going to learn a whole lot up there when we are finally invited into the kingdom and given the knowledge of the judgment that God has exercised during these last days of Earth's history. But who's Seth Rich? I, I covered the Sean Lucas. He was the one that his friends and, and folks associated with him as they're saying they're quote, freaked out about the circumstances of his untimely death right around the time that he was serving the papers for this lawsuit regarding the leaks from the Democratic National Committee's perhaps unfair and illegal activities. But here you have another guy, Seth Rich. Now, this was somebody who was identified by Julian Assange of WikiLeaks as the source for the DNC email leak. Now, Julian Assange didn't come out and just say it. He hinted at it, and it was a pretty clear telegraphing signal saying, yeah, Seth Rich, the one who was shot in the back in the middle of the night in Washington, D.C., on the street, he was the source who leaked these emails from the Democratic National Committee to WikiLeaks to make them public for the whole world to see how politics is not as we learned in civics class in middle school. And he was shot in the back in the middle of the night, they say, by a robber. But then 
His phone, his wallet, everything was on him. He was not robbed. Mysterious. Who knows? The Lord knows. And whether we track down every detail of every conspiratorial action that takes place in high levels of power in this world is not the most important thing. But being aware that we live in interesting times and we will soon see interesting events. You can mark my words on that. We see the trends all around us looking at this from a social science standpoint. And of course, biblical prophecy points to very interesting times ahead. So what do we do in light of all this? We fix our eyes upon Jesus. He's the only solution. He's the only way to turn. He is the author and finisher of our faith. See you next time. To financially support this broadcast, visit 11thHourDispatch.com. Here's Scott Ritzema with another final minute message. I also asked the question when it came to spectator sports, am I seeing Christ-like behavior modeled by the fans, the coaches, the players? And I had a conversation with a man who had decided to give up watching this stuff with his family. And he said, you know what, when I was a kid and we used to watch this stuff as a family, it was, there was a lot better behavior happening on the field with the coaches, the players, the fans, everybody. But today, I can't justify it anymore. It's very, very much not Christ-like what I'm seeing. I actually asked myself, am I hoping for people to lose and perform poorly when I'm watching this game? Is that a Christ-like impulse? Or does watching this make me more Christ-like? When I'm watching this basketball game, this football game, whatever, does it help me to have more love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness? Or is it bringing the opposite out of me? Brought to you by BeltofTruthMinistries.org.